Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. What's up, Revo? My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on a special day uh, like Easter, if you call this home. Uh, we're so glad to see you again. If you're new uh, to the Revo crowd, uh, thanks for crashing the party with us this morning. We are honored that you would be a, a welcomed guest of ours. Easter's kind of a big deal uh, for us. We love Jesus, and we love the fact that he is not just a, a dead guy on a cross in a tomb somewhere, but that he's raised and reigning today. So that's the reason why there may be a little energy in the air this morning as you walked in the door. I was trying to get my mind right for the sermon uh, this week going over the notes and I decided to uh, run up to the Y uh, to shoot some basketball. And uh, I know what you're thinking. You're looking at my body right now and you're thinking, and the answer is yes, I am quite the baller. Uh, I've got, uh, really, when you think about it, I've got all the characteristics of a basketball phenom. I've got the height I've got the quickness, I've got the agility, I've got the right skin tone, I've got, uh, just <laughs> what else could you ask for? I've got mad hops. Uh, if you don't know the lingo, that means you can jump really tall, high, whatever. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm quite the baller. So when I walked in, uh, there was a group of guys in the gym and they were getting ready to pick teams. Um, and so there was two team captains and you know, I'm standing with the rest of the people and much to my surprise, and I know you're surprised as well, I was not picked first for either team. As I was thinking, well, they didn't see me warm up. They've never met me before. They don't know my skills. And, uh, but the longer I stood there, the more I realized like, I started to get worried because both teams were starting to fill up, and I had not been chosen yet. And I had a flashback right then in that gym. I had a flashback to elementary school to every young little boy and young little girl's worst nightmare on the playground. And I started to pray a prayer to God that I had prayed many times growing up. God, please don't let me get picked last. <laughs> like, just don't let me be the one guy that gets left. And, and he's like, okay, well, we'll take him because there's no other choices. And so God, in his grace and infinite wisdom, answered that prayer but maybe not in the way that I would have planned to see there were 11 people playing a five on five and not only did I not get picked last I was the one that did not get picked at all <laughs> so I was like thanks God stop praying those prayers right and then like one of the team captains looked at me he's like hey man you got next game but by that time it was too late like my feelings were already hurt I didn't I didn't even want to play basketball anymore so I looked at him I was like you know what man I, I thought we were just playing around I didn't know this was a game I just came down here to shoot so I'm, I'm just gonna walk up to the weight room uh, and work out a little bit. I don't know if you see this or not, but weights are more my game. <laughs> I walked out like this. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Jesus had a team? Did you know that he chose a team? Like Jesus was a team captain in, in Scripture. He chose a group of dudes that he was going to roll with for three years. For three years he was going to do ministry. He was hanging out with them. He was uh, building their team up. And it, so it, it made me kind of ask myself a, a big question. If Jesus were here today and he was picking a team, do you think he would pick you? Like, Do you think you have the skills and the characteristics and the traits to be picked up on Jesus' team? Would he invite you 
to be on his team. Would you be that one in the back that was just like, please, God, don't let me get picked last. Like, just not last. Next to last is fine, but not last. Or, or maybe you would, you would say, man, I wouldn't even be out there. Like, I, I'm not even in the choice of the possibilities of Jesus choosing me. Like, Jesus would never invite me to be on his team. Jesus would never pick me. Jesus, like, I'm, we're not even on the same court. We're not even playing the same game. I wouldn't even make any, even, the, even the first cut. Well, believe it or not, Jesus issues an invitation to people. He issued it all throughout Scripture. In fact, he uses the same word to issue this invitation. We see it time and time and time again in Scripture. And it was this. When Jesus issued an invitation for someone to join his team, he simply looked at them and said, follow me. Come with me. Now, the really cool thing about this invitation that Jesus issues is Jesus issued this to every possible type of person that you can imagine. Whether you were rich or poor, Jesus said, follow me. Whether you were religious or irreligious, Jesus looks and said, follow me. Whether you hate church or love church, Jesus looks at him and says, follow me. Whether you're close to God or you're very, very far away from God, Jesus answers and issues the same invitation. He says, follow me. Come with me. And we're going to look at a story in Matthew 9 today. One of the first instances that Jesus actually issues this invitation. And, and here's my promise. Like, if you're new to this church thing, like, maybe you haven't been to church in a long time and you just walked in on Easter because it was Easter and you're like, hey, I'm going to worship today. It's just what we do. Then, then I'm, I'm telling you, I believe this is going to be your new favorite story. Right? If you're kind of de-churched, unchurched, don't really care about this church thing, don't know why everybody's so fired up, didn't know a single song that we just sung, but like you like the music or whatever, I, I think this is going to be a great story. I think this will probably be one of your favorite stories. This is when we are introduced to the simplicity of Jesus' invitation. The simple action of when Jesus looks at people from all walks of life, any kind of people that you can imagine, and he simply looks at them and says, Follow me. Come with me. We're going to start reading in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Check this out. This is when Jesus picks one of the dudes that was going to be on his team. Verse 9. It says, As Jesus went out from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Here's the invitation. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now here's the background. Tax collectors, you got to know what the deal is with this tax collector. This is just this is just blow your mind. Tax collectors were the absolute most hated people in the world. Like think of the the occupation or the person or the the group that is just absolutely the most hated group that you can ever imagine. That was the tax collectors. Here's what happened. The Roman government came in and occupied Jerusalem in this Jewish state. So it was a, it was a takeover, right? So the Jews were living under the rule of a different government. Let me, let me tell you how this works. Imagine if Canada, and this will never happen, we would spank Canada. What if Canada came down and just invaded the United States and they took over? Here's what they would do. Here, Canada would hire Americans, U.S. citizens, to go around and collect their taxes, right? So people, maybe your neighbors, maybe your family, or maybe your friends would knock on your door and say, hey, man, you need to give $10. You're getting ready to mail it up to Canada, the people that took over us, the people that beat us, the people that are uh, making us live under oppression. Like, can you believe that? Can you imagine you'd be hated, right? Like, I'm looking at my neighbor, I'm like, really, bro? You switch teams? You're, you're pulling for, what happened to the stars and bars, bro? We can do this. Why are you working for Canada? 
Give me, like, you cheated. You're on the other team, man. Like, who are you? Even worse, here's what the tax collectors did, and it was completely legal. The government would say, here's what I need from every household that you attend. Let's just say I need $10 from every house. But here's the deal. As a tax collector, you can collect any amount of money you want to. If you want to knock on the door and say, give me $20, then take 20 If you want to knock on the door and say, give me $100, then you can keep the 90 as the tax collector as long as you send me the 10 as long as the government gets the 10 So not only did they switch teams, but they, they were thieves. They would take advantage of you. They could knock on your door at any time and say, you owe me $1,000 and there's nothing you could do about it. You had to do it. If you didn't pay it, you would go to jail. And this is the person that Jesus extends an invitation to. This is the person that Jesus said, I've got a bunch of people in here and I'm picking my team. Hey, you, the, the short guy in the front, you, come, come, come and be on my team. Matthew, the tax collector, come, come and join me. And at this moment, had to have been an audible groan coming from the audience. It's like, ooh, Jesus has no idea who that guy is. And maybe one of the other disciples stepped up and said, hey, I'm sorry, man, my friend is new here. He doesn't know who you are. He, like, he just showed up. Carpenter's son, he did not mean to tell you that. He did not mean to say you can be on our team. You, you just can't do that. But Jesus looked at Matthew, the tax collector, and said, follow me. And you know something really cool? Matthew got up and followed Jesus. Can it be that simple? Like, is it, is it that easy? Like, is the invitation this morning simply that easy? Here's what Jesus extended. It was a formal invitation to be on Jesus' team, to roll with him, to talk with him, to uh, live with him, to do ministry with him. And Jesus extended that to Matthew, a tax collector. Listen up to this. Jesus did not say, Matthew, if you will do blank, then you can be on my team. Jesus did not look at Matthew and say, Matthew, if you stop doing blank, then you can follow me. Jesus didn't look at Matthew and say, Matthew, I'm going to give you a list of five things. And if you do these five things, I'm going to come check back in a week. And if I check back in a week and you did it and you pass the final exam, then you can follow me. No, he just simply looked at Matthew and said, come with me. Follow me. Now listen, this morning I'm not talking about asking you to join a church Jesus was not asking Matthew to be a convert. Jesus was not asking Matthew to complete a long list of religious things. He simply gave him an invitation that started with this. Come with me. Follow me. First thing that I want to share with you this morning, it's going to be some good news, man. I'm telling you, you're going to love this. Number, number one is this. Being a sinner does not disqualify you from being on Jesus' team. Being a, being a sinner does not disqualify you from following Jesus. You want to know some cool news? It's actually a prerequisite. Every single person that Jesus issued an invitation to and every single person that said yes was a sinner. Here's, here's what that tells us. What you do doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. You're not a Christian by based on your actions that you do certain things or don't do certain things. That doesn't disqualify you from receiving invitation from Jesus that says, follow me. In fact, the only people that resisted the calling for Je that Jesus said to follow me were the people that thought their lives were already perfect and had it together, and Scripture calls those people religious. He calls them Pharisees. Those were the only people that shunned the invitation, that kind of neglected, that kind of pulled back a little bit. Eh, 
I don't know about that. But sinners responded. People that were far from God when given the invitation to simply follow me from Jesus responded. Can I share something with you this morning? No sin, no shame, no bad past, no mistake, no baggage in your life will ever keep you from Jesus extending the invitation to follow me. Nothing. And see, some of you are convinced this morning, no, Jesus would never, Jesus would never pick me. Jesus would never give me an invitation. Jesus would never say, come be a part of my team. I could never follow Jesus. Maybe all these church people can, but I like, you don't know where I've been. Like, Nathan, I'm a sinner. Good. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the team. Jesus looked at Matthew and simply gave him an invitation. He said, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. Verse 10 reads like this. He says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, it gets even better, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and with his disciples. So here, here's the deal. Like, Paint this picture for you. Religious guys that were following Jesus, disciples, and then all of a sudden, now we are in the taxpayer's house. In the house? We're in the house now, right? The disciples are probably like, we can't go in there, Jesus. We're not. Like, it's bad enough that you talk to him. We cannot. What if someone from the church sees us? We're going to lose our spiritual cards, man. We are not going into the room with the tax collectors. We are not sitting down and eating with them. We are absolutely not doing like, like that's bad. You see, these were the outcasts. These people that Jesus was sitting down with, and but, but really I think this is cool. Jesus was, was great about this, and it's, a, it's something that Christians can learn about if you're a follower here today. You ever notice that Jesus was willing to compromise a religious reputation in order to be around people that were far from God? The disciples looked at Jesus and says, you... He's a tax collector, man. You can't go in there. You can't be seen with him. Like, why? He's, he's a tax collector. And Jesus is like, so? Let's eat. <laughs> let's go in. These people are far from God. Let's go, and be, let's go and be with them. I love the language. It says not only did they go into the tax collector's house, but obviously Matthew had gotten on the phone and called all his buddies because he said many sinners, <laughs> many tax collectors. I mean, like, there's a whole slew of sinners in this room, and then Jesus rolls in with his disciples, and the party don't stop. Like, nobody does anything weird. Nobody looks away. It's just like Jesus hanging out with sinners. And I love the two categories, man. Let me, let me help you understand how bad Matthew was. It says, many sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors, they had their own category, man. Like the sinners were sitting over here and be like, well, these were not tax collectors, right? Like those people are going to hell. They're going to break it wide open. We're just sinners. They're tax collectors. But many sinners and many tax collectors were sitting down and eating with Jesus. They were outcasts. But I love this about Jesus. Jesus was very comfortable with people that were nothing like him. And people that were nothing like Jesus were very comfortable with Jesus. Hey man, if you're a follower of Jesus and people that are nothing like Jesus are not comfortable around you and you are not comfortable around people that look nothing like Jesus, then maybe you don't look that much like Jesus. I'll eat with the sinners. I'll sit down with them. Jesus is like, this is what it's all about, man. Like, I'm in here with all many sinners and many tax collectors. And here's, what it, here's the deal. Like, if you're in here and you're not a follower, here's the deal. 
whether you're anti-religious or anti-church or anti-God or any of those things, do you realize that that doesn't disqualify you from receiving an invitation from Jesus that simply says, follow me? (laughs) Surely those tax collectors did not wake up in the morning and say, well, we're going to get to hang out with Jesus today. That's probably going to happen. Jesus is going to issue us an invitation to follow him. I can just, I can just feel it. Like that's that hot, the probability of that is really high right now. Did you, did you know that uh, if you've got questions, if you don't know what you believe, if you don't know who this Jesus is, if you don't even know what the word resurrection means, like did you know that that makes you a prime candidate to receive an invitation from Jesus that says, follow me, come with me? That's exactly what Jesus offered. Now, I know some of you in here have been rejected by churches. You've been rejected by Christians. You've been uh, told that you don't fit in, that you don't say the right things, that you don't do the right things, that you don't act the right way. And as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus in this city, I need to say something to you. I'm sorry, because that's nothing like Jesus would treat you. That's nothing that Jesus would ever say to you. He sat down with the sinners he said, I'm, I'm rolling with the tax collectors. I'm sitting down with the dinner. I'm enjoying the party. I like this music. I like these people that we're with. Here comes trouble in verse 11. It says, when the Pharisees saw this, the religious people, they asked Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I like this right here. Jesus was invited in the party, and then the Pharisees, the religious people, roll up. And I don't know if Matthew had a bouncer or not, but he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys got to stay out. <laughs> like, no, nah, you're not welcome around religious people. Uh, you got to get at the back of the line. Jesus and his crew, you come on in, man, but you guys stay out. So from the outside, like they're looking in the window, and they see Jesus partying with the sinners, and they're looking out from the outside, and they're like, hey, hey, Peter, come here for a second. Why does Jesus eat with the tax collectors? Why are you going to let him sit down with those sinners? Matthew invited Jesus into the party, but he did not invite the religious people. That's just how Jesus rolled. I love that about Jesus. And here was their response in verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus, son of God, probably got a good set of ears on him. Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Okay, so check this out. Scripture doesn't say that he wrote that down. I, like, Scripture says he said that. Can you imagine how awkward that would have been? Like sitting around the table with a bunch of sinners, and then all of a sudden you holler out, Hey, tell everybody outside I'm in here with a bunch of sinners. Man, this is crazy in here. What if you got a phone call and you picked up the phone, and you're at a table full of people that are far from God, and you're like, hey, man, I can't talk right now. I'm here sitting down with some people that are far from God. Man, these people are sick. No, 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 you ain't seen people like this right here. I mean, we're with tax collectors. I got to call you back. Jesus just verbally says, hey, I'm in here with this. I didn't come for the well. I came to be with the sick. And at this point, I got to imagine Matthew sitting back and saying, oh, time out, time out. Sick? Like, you're calling me sick? I invite you into my house. I bring all my friends together, and you're going to call me sick? And Jesus, like, I know, I know like, Jesus was a smooth guy, man. I, I think Jesus just looked straight up at Matthew and said, hey, Matthew, you're a tax collector, bro. Of course you're sick. 
What are you doing? You cheated. You're on the other team. Nobody likes you. You're not like everybody hates you. The only people you hang out with is sinners and other tax collectors, man. Of course you're sick. And Matthew was probably like, shoot, you can't argue with that, man. We're sick. Give it around. High fives. Yeah. Let's be honest. Can we be honest? You know you're sick. You know if there's a real God, then, then you haven't lived up to his standards. You know that if Jesus is the bar, then you're not there yet. You know that if there is a God and he has rules that you've broken, possibly all of them. You know you're sick, right? And Jesus looks at the religious people and said, here's the deal. I came for those people. Not to hang out with the people that don't need a doctor. I'm a doctor. And when a doctor sees someone that's sick, he gets to work. The people that are willing to come to a realization in their life that everything's not perfect. That, that maybe they're not living the life that they wish they had. That maybe the purpose is not really there. That maybe they're struggling with some things. The people that can come to the realization and say, you know what, if I'm honest, I know I'm sick. Those are prime candidates to receive an invitation from Jesus that simply says, follow me. Would you be willing to look in the mirror this morning and realize that something needs to change? That if there was a God and if he had rules that you're probably not obeying them. That, that if you're trying to earn your way into heaven and that's your game plan that you probably are never going to be able to do enough. Jesus said, I came for those people. Those are the people I'm Hey, spiritually speaking, the short, chubby dude in the back, you on my team. The guy that can't jump, you on my team. The girl that can't run very fast spiritually, you. I, I want you on my team. He says, those are the people that I came for. Those are the people that I want to help. When you realize that everything's not right, when you realize that something in life is missing, when you realize that maybe, just maybe, that there's an opportunity here, for me to experience life change, then that's it. That's it. That's ready. You're, you're ready for Jesus to look at you and say, follow me. Come with me. Join, join my team. Now, don't, don't miss this. The Pharisees looked at people and said, change, then you can join our team. But here's what Jesus said. Join our team, and eventually your life will change. Huge difference in that. Pharisees said, you can't hang out with them. They haven't changed yet. And Jesus said, I'm going to hang out with them and watch how their life changes by a simple invitation to follow me. Last verse, verse 13. But go, Jesus hollers at these Pharisees, says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous. Remember that, come to call. I have not Come to call the righteous, but I have come to call sinners. This would have been a slap in the face to the Pharisees because this is what Pharisees did. They studied all day. They were the smartest people in the room. Like That was their job was to learn the Bible. And so for Jesus to look up at him and say, hey, go crack your book and learn this. <laughs> like, go study this. It was basically saying, you don't know what you're talking about. And when your reputation is knowing what you're talking about, it stings a little bit when a guy looks at you and says, you don't know what you're talking about, religious people. 
Jesus might have looked up and said, hey, man, guys, I'm sorry. Don't stop the music. Y'all keep dancing. Let me go out here because, like, like, there's some religious hacks out here that don't know what they're talking about, and I need to set the record straight. Go, go and learn this. Go look this up in your Old Testament book. And drops this, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. I desire mercy, not a sacrifice. And in that one sentence, we understand what it's all about. Jesus has come to call, come, come to call. He's come to invite. He's come to issue an invitation, follow me. Come with me. Here's the second thing I want you to understand. Like if, if the first thing is being a sinner doesn't disqualify you from receiving an invitation from Jesus to follow him, then the second thing is this, being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from receiving an invitation from Jesus. See, being a follower is not just believing the right things. It's not doing the right things, and it's not believing the right things, right? That's religion, man. That's hoops to jump through. That's not the invitation that Jesus gives to follow. See, the Pharisees were sitting there thinking, why is he talking to them? Why? Because they don't do the right things. They're not changed yet. So why would he talk to them? But that wasn't how Jesus ruled. That's not the game that Jesus played. Let me, let me prove to you that you don't have to believe to receive an invitation to follow Jesus. Did you know that there were times in Scripture that is recorded that even Jesus' 12 disciples did not believe? Like, you can read stories of what Jesus did, miracles and sermons that Jesus taught, and Scripture even included it and said, and then the disciples believed. And I read that, I'm like, well, what were you guys doing for the first two years? Not believing. They didn't believe it all yet. Can you believe this? There, there was even a, a disciple of Jesus that got a nickname based on his unbelief. What was it? Doubting Thomas. Now let me tell you how bad this unbelief was. This is Jesus' 12 disciples. Jesus shows up, resurrected from the dead, in the middle of the room, standing in front of Thomas. Thomas doesn't even believe in the resurrected Christ with the resurrected Christ right in front of him. He's like, I don't know, man. Could be a ghost. Could be a trick. I'm just skeptical. Jesus is like, really, bro? But you can't feel it there. He's like, oh, okay. He wiped it off my hands right there. Now I believe. Throughout Scripture, even his own disciples didn't believe. Now what did Jesus do? Did Jesus look at Thomas and say, oh, you don't believe? Then you're out. Nope. He said, I'll prove it to you. You can still be on my team. But I'll prove it to you. One day you'll know. One day you'll believe. But that doesn't disqualify you from Jesus simply saying, follow me. Doesn't take away the invitation that he has for you today. So regardless of where you are, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you believe, you may be sitting in here thinking, I don't know what I believe. I don't want to say I don't believe because I don't even know what I don't believe, right? I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing something or not supposed to be doing something. Is there a checklist that I need to have in order to get this invitation? Like, understand this, regardless of who you are, what's in your past, what you've done, what you believe or don't believe, that does not disqualify you from receiving an invitation from Jesus that simply says, follow me. I'm not asking you to be a convert. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to adopt a new set of rules. It's a simple invitation that Jesus said. You hang out with me, follow me, and your life will change. 
Now, I got to tell you, there is, some, uh, there is some fine print to this invitation. I got I to tell you, like, I don't want you to get caught by surprise, okay? But here's the, here's the warning. Here's the fine print. If you decide this morning to, to really focus and really say yes to this invitation from Jesus, if you choose to do that, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, one day, in a week, a month, a couple of years, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to realize that you're not the same person anymore. That because you decided to take a small baby step this morning and just follow me, that slowly and surely Jesus has changed your life, your attitude, your actions, the way you treat your friends and your family, the way you spend your money and the way you spend your time. I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you. A baby step this morning can actually change your life. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, you got a couple of choices. I want to help you take your next step this morning. Here at Revo, we love to help people move forward in their relationship with Jesus, whether that means taking the first step or taking your next step. Here's the first thing I want to invite you to. We want to do a five-week challenge, okay? Here's what I want to do. You didn't show up wanting to make a commitment this morning. I get it, but it's not going to be that bad, okay? Here's what I want to do. Five weeks. Commit to coming for the next five weeks because we're going to unpack in this teaching series what it means to follow Jesus, what this invitation is. Five weeks. And here's the deal. I'm going to throw this one in. This week counts, all right? Boom. You're 20% of the way there. Only four more weeks to go. Listen, I'm telling you, if the worst thing that you do, you're like, what if it's a waste of time? If the worst thing that you do is spend an hour with us on Sunday, you got a good life, man. Like, I don't feel sorry for you at all. If at the end of the week you're like, okay, well, that's just not for me, then good. We won't bother you again until Christmas because everybody comes back at Christmas, right? All right but here's, here's what I know. What if? What if Jesus does something in your life? Because here's what I know, sometimes in a relationship, sometimes your next step to follow Jesus starts with following others that follow Jesus. Maybe after hanging around with some people that follow Jesus, that's how Jesus helps you understand what it means to follow Jesus. So maybe you just being here for the next five weeks is the baby step that you need to take this morning. The second one could be this, maybe you've already taken that first step. Maybe you know Easter. Maybe you know what this is all about. Maybe you know who Jesus is and that he's risen and reigning. Maybe you know the story of the tomb is empty and that Jesus has, has risen and that he's alive today. Maybe this was no big surprise to you today. Maybe, you were, for me, maybe you've been standing on the outside looking in for a long time. But you realize this morning that there's actually a step that needs to be taken, that there's an invitation to follow. Again, man, like, I'm not putting the pressure on you, man. This is, not, this is a baby step just to follow Jesus. I'm not asking you to prick your finger and write it in blood. Here's what I know, man. You start to follow Jesus, and your life will start to look like Jesus. If you start to follow Jesus, you'll start to love Jesus and love what he's called us to do and love the life that he has for you. So this is what I want to ask you to do. you got to worship God when you came in today and I want you to tear off the bottom portion. There's a little box on the bottom that says, I made a decision for Christ. Here's the cool thing about this. This is why this is no pressure. You don't even have to know what questions to ask. You're just like, I don't know what my next step is. One of our pastors will reach out to you this week, phone, email, we'll take you out for coffee, whatever it takes. We want to see you take your next step, even if you don't know what your next step is. We would love the opportunity to get to talk to you this week about what it really means to follow Jesus. So if you're ready to take that next step, 
Man, just mark it on that card. We're not going to follow you out into the parking lot. We're not going to chase you down. Like, just drop it in the offering basket. Nobody will ever know that you did it. And we would love to follow up with you this week. Third thing is this. If you're here and you claim to be a follower, and like you know what this is, and you've given your life to Jesus, and, and you're on this ride on Team Jesus, and maybe you're even a member here at Revo. Hey, hey listen, I don't want to go to a church that's all about doing the right things. I don't want to pastor a church that preaches just believe in the right things. Dude, that's lame. That's not what Jesus died for. That's not why Jesus rose from the death, man. He didn't do all that just so that we could have some extra religious hoops to jump through, man. He came for freedom. He came to what? He came to call, came to call, came to call. And as followers of Jesus, you and I need to realize we have been placed here to issue an invitation to come to call those that are far from God, that do not believe the right things, that do not behave in the right ways. But we have a realization that there is no one outside of the circle to receive an invitation from Jesus that simply says, follow me. Jesus died a gruesome death on the cross, raised three days later, not so that we could obey more rules, but so that we could have a relationship and come with me as an invitation to a relationship. That's good news for us today.